You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to Talk Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a, f- a first-degree black belt who teaches at H2O Martial Arts located in Oak Park, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, Zachary Holston III. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm fantastic. How you doing today, sir? Oh, great, great. Man, Just excited about being here. Man, I am ecstatic right now that you're actually doing this episode oh man it's an honor all right man man. let's give the people what they want let's go in and hear about your uh jujitsu journey all right my jujitsu journey uh it's actually kind of strange i've been in martial arts most of my life uh from the time i was a small child uh taekwondo i boxed at the legendary crime gym I've trained some Aikido, some Judo, a little bit of Krav. Then, you know, it, we go all the way back to 1993. I'll never forget. It was a, uh, literally in November, just like now, there was this thing coming on TV and it was called the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And, and you know, at the time, there was all kind of tough guy contest and all of that, but you know, me being a, a, a fan of blood sports, if you will, I remember uh, watching that and everybody had their pick as to who they thought was going to win. But what was funny is almost nobody picked this one dude uh, named Hoyce. And, you know, back then not understanding uh, the uh, Brazilian culture or, or the Portuguese, you know, everybody was like, who is this Royce Gracie with this Guillaume? He going to get smashed. You're looking at guys like Ken Shamrock and these physical specimens. But here this guy came in and just shocked the world. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, it was like, wow. So, you know, uh, the Internet wasn't like it is today, but there wasn't a lot of it, especially in Michigan. So you would pick up things where you could little bits and pieces. Then let's fast forward to back around, I believe the year was around 2010. Wanted to get back in shape. So was going, I was like, okay, there's a boxing school. Uh, I know, used to box. I know exactly what to expect, but I got there. They also had this Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that I always wanted to try, was always fascinated by. Mm -hmm. Went to one class and at that moment, I was hooked. You know, I've always been into puzzles and things like that. So when when I got there, it was a puzzle. I will never forget uh, this guy named Nick Kennedy. Uh, you know, he was much smaller than me. And I'm like, okay, with my background, some wrestling, I'm going to do just fine. And it wasn't even a full roll. It, we were working sweeps that day. And, you know, I'm like, I'm going past this guy's guard, but no matter what I did, he just kept sweeping me, kept sweeping me, kept sweeping me. Uh, <laughs> it, it just blew my mind. How is this guy much smaller than me? And at the time, I was over 400 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, come on, man. How is this little 200-pound guy just whooping me like this? And 
you know, at that moment, uh, you can just say it's history. I was hooked and have been ever since. You know, uh, then fast forward, yeah, it was, it was, I was struggling. I mean, like I was a white belt, like most white belts, we struggle, you know, huh? everybody right. struggles at white belt, but I didn't realize it then, but my struggle wasn't just a normal struggle. My body just could not get into the positions that were being taught. Not that there was anything wrong with it, but it was, you know, new sporty jujitsu and it just did not suit my body. And I will never forget. They had an advanced class and Big Derek taught this advanced class. And everyone is just like, man, you might as well not even waste your time going to that. You ain't going to be able to do none of that stuff. You need to be a beginner, not advanced. I got to the advanced class and the very first class, every technique he showed, I was able to do. And not that I was clean at it. It was great. But I was still able to hit it to the point. Uh, took those techniques, got back to the regular class. And I was still able to pull him off when it was time to roll. Mm -hmm. Well, looking back, what it was, Derek was a big guy. He was 6'5", about 270. Uh, it was old school smash jujitsu. And I was just right. able to do it. And I mean, at, at that moment, I was super hooked. But again, I had, you know, advanced class once a week followed with all of these regular classes but everything that he taught i was able to add to my game so i just began searching out this old school what i best could describe it as big man jiu-jitsu i didn't know it was old school big man jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. and i remember i got an app and it was by this guy you know named roy harris uh you know and it was like oh wow it was all about pressure 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 and it was a game changer for me doing some research his instructor was this guy named master joe mawera and joe Mawera. then come to find out there was a couple of guys that was training under joe within the same organization that i was in you know it was a machado organization it was up under uh black belt jamel mccurry and I met these other guys that was training with Master Joe and man, the rest is history. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and now I, I train directly under Master Joe. Uh, I opened my school. Everything is under him. Uh, and it, it was funny. So I was just soaking it up like a sponge doing privates and all of that with Master Joe. Uh, so let's fast forward some years. Now I'm a purple belt. And I decided I want to start teaching jujitsu. So okay. start shopping, found a building, and it was like, okay, uh, this is it. I don't need it every day of the week. I had another buddy of mine who uh, taught kickboxing. And I called Master Paul. I said, look, I know you've been looking at doing something in this area over here. I've just found a building. I'm getting ready to sign a lease on it. Why don't you come in and go, go with me? He started laughing. He said, I just already got a building. 
why don't you come and teach jujitsu there? Uh, I was like, okay, bet. So went uh, to build a jujitsu program. The school was called the compound. It hadn't even opened yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, got there, you know, uh, we already had, we had fighters, kickboxers and MMA fighters. So that was what I taught. You know, I started teaching them a year into it. Uh, you know, Master Paul's partner, uh, Pete, Pete passed. And he was, you know, the financier behind the compound. His daughter didn't want to keep it going. And we actually had people who had fights coming up. You know, it was like, okay, we got to do something. So I said, you know what? I was ready to do it a year ago. Now is the time. So I bought all of the equipment from her, went and found a building, and H2O Martial Arts was born. And Amazing. Yeah. And since then, it's now uh, over seven years, and we're still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Such an awesome school, man. (laughs) Uh, But um, with... I'm sorry, go Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. So with your, okay, you, you dabbled in a lot of martial arts. So what, I mean, besides, I know we talked about this numerous times, but like the being able to find techniques for your size and weight and everything else. But like, what else was it about jujitsu that really like drew you to it? It was a puzzle, you know, it, it was, I'd say 90% mental and 10% physical. Now, when I Mm -hmm. first started, yeah, it, it it was like 99% physical and 1% <laughs> mental because I didn't understand. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, once the deeper I started looking, I ended up just going down the rabbit hole and realized it's not about being the fastest. It's not about being the strongest. It's not about being the most flexible, the most agile, you know, none of those things. It's about being mm-hmm. the smartest. And I right. mean, man, I, I just ended up hooked. And, you know, during that time, it was crazy because right around the time I started, I filed for divorce. I was going through a divorce. And, man, I was training seven days a week to the point right. I was literally going to other affiliate gyms, friends gyms. Some days, two a days, a few days was three a days. That that was my life, you know, at that time. Uh it was jujitsu. That kept that kept me sane. It kept me from mm-hmm. focusing on everything that life was throwing at me and just letting you know, it was it was the perfect re- release, if you will. I always talk about this. My favorite one of my favorite movies of all time is Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could really relate to it. And that was jujitsu for me. There's one line in the movie that said, uh, after fighting, the rest of the world has the volume turned down. And mm-hmm. it's so true. After class, after a hard day rolling, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with that day. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Uh, it's not... Uh, you're able to look at it clearly. You're able to address the problems in life just like you do during a roll. You have to remain right. calm. Uh, you can't panic. You can't spaz out. You have to think your way through it. 
you got to learn to get comfortable in some uncomfortable positions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just helped me in every aspect mm-hmm. of life because that's what was needed. And now it gets to the point where, you know, jujitsu is my therapy. Yeah. If I'm out, you know, I'm one of those crazy guys. I go on vacation and will take a gig with me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> as a result, I have literally trained at places all over this country, other countries. I have friends from around the world, all as a result of jujitsu, to the point where right. 90% of my friend base is jujitsu related. You know, it, yeah. it has just grown that big in my life. I never dreamed that I would have friends in France. And this is funny, one of them in particular, his English is not good. My French is not good, but we both speak jujitsu. Right. And, <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, and between jujitsu and Google Translate, we get it done. But <laughs> right. yeah, it, you know, it's, it's just been amazing. An amazing journey. Man, yeah. I mean, even um since like since starting this podcast, I've met people from Spain, UK, Australia, and you know, all because of the love of jujitsu and just the amount of people that I'm meeting just, you know, here in the you know US as well, that, you know, this one martial art that took off and is continue to take off especially you know especially after uh, adcc and all these big tournaments as you know that's being like broadcast and just the amount of like uh love for this sport is growing and it's amazing oh yeah it's definitely it's amazing to see you know it it's it's incredible to the point uh there was one organization that was around for it was around for a couple of years it uh called metamorphs Helen mm-hmm. Gracie, you know, had Metamorphs. And I used to literally go to watch it live. I would fly out to California, buy front row seats, and literally watch my my jujitsu idols just get up there and, and battle. And it was amazing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was literally there when Josh Barnett submitted Dean Lister. I was right there in the front row. So I mean, it's just, man, it's it's just been mind blowing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and some people are like, "Oh, well, you're a Josh Barnett, Josh Barnett fan." Well, you know, he does catch wrestling. Yeah, I, I love catch. I love my aikido. I'm not one of those mm-hmm. guys that's ever going to belittle, you know. A legitimate martial art. Now we're not talking no contact knockouts, you know, the McDojo stuff. We're not talking about that. But every martial art has its strengths and its weaknesses. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm of the mindset of let's take it and put it all back together the way it should be. Yeah, my wrist like game, that's a keto all day long. My right. takedowns, I use ninety percent judo takedowns. 10% wrestling takedowns and it's not that oh I just like the judo so much better you know I got a lot of uh, city miles on my body and uh, my knees are shot <laughs> all of that so the level changes you know I can hit them but I pay for it the next day I, you know I'm in pain later but with the, right. the judo takedowns the judo throws 
I'm not wrecking my knees as much. You know, notice I said not as much. I'm still, and not I'm as still much. doing damage, just not as much. But, uh, you know, I add all of that in. Uh, one thing that I, I embrace, you know, being in martial arts my whole life, I'm a retired police officer. I look at it as a self-defense first, where a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a great sport. No, it's a martial art. It's about self-defense defending yourself sport is great that is not my focus i am not a point Mm -hmm. fighter i am fighting to finish the fight right you know again uh and as such yeah i i work a lot of catch into my jujitsu a lot of judo aikido we deal with strikes as well and defending strikes. i mean you know you you've been through uh quite a few of our tests now (laughs) I've been I've been through I've been through a couple I've been through a couple. <laughs> when you got jujitsu versus strikes up, and mm-hmm. something that's it's really fading a lot with today's jujitsu yeah. and today's sports focus. But when I hear some people talk about testing, and I start talking about our testing, they're ju- they're mind blown. What you mean? Yeah. You, you got to defend against yeah. strikes. Not just strikes, strikes, kicks, punches, elbows. We do two-on-ones, too. Two people yep. striking. You know, now we let you strike back during that portion of the test. But, uh, yeah, you're fighting two guys. And I, I got a simple way, uh, you know, something that I, I said a long time ago, and I still stick with it. If you can't do it while someone's trying to punch you in your face, you can't do it. You just can't do it. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, I don't work a lot of or teach a lot of inverted sporty techniques. Now, if situation calls and I have to, yes, I can work inverted. I will do it in a heartbeat. That is not my choice. You know, I'm I'm of the mindset uh, of Chris Harder, who says, get on top, stay on top. You know, Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Getting on top, staying on top. The whole purpose of my bottom game, look, I will gladly submit you from bottom. But if you defend, I'm getting my sweep. I'm getting on top. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to submit you. You know, but <laughs> it's all about... The submission's uh, coming. The submission's the coming. The submission is coming. But it's a lot easier when I'm on top. When I'm on top, gravity is my friend. When I'm on yeah. bottom, it's my worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I really love the self defense aspect of it. Yeah. I can I can definitely say the same. It it's you know I'm one in the same when it comes to like my mindset when it comes to jujitsu because I love puzzles. I love playing chess and jujitsu is exactly both. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, one in the same. You have to be able to you know. You know, find your focus and focus on strictly on jujitsu to do jujitsu. Right. Because if you don't, you're dead. You know. Exactly. You know, and I, my approach to jujitsu is very scientific. Mm-hmm. I to the point. I said, okay, if I really want to be good at this, I need to really understand how the body works. Yep. So I started studying anatomy. Uh, I mean, f- 
from the muscular skeletal system to understand exactly how these joints work and also how they're not supposed to work. That helps, mm-hmm. you know, in, in setting your locks and setting everything. But I took it a step further and even pulled back uh, the layers of some of the more the traditional martial science and martial arts and started studying the nervous system and where this nerve runs, where that nerve runs. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we always talk about jujitsu and we start thinking, oh, yeah, it's just joints, uh, chokes and joint locks. Chokes and joint locks. No. It's just grappling. Uh, yeah, until someone hits your radio nerve uh, and it feels like lightning shot up your arm. Right. It's good to know those things and work that into your jujitsu. It just makes you so much more proficient. Yeah. What what really helped me understand that? Uh, it's funny. I'll say I'll say this. One of my good buddies. Uh, my uh, you know, me and him, we both started around the same time. Was training together. He's a physician, and now he's my physician. Why? If I trust <laughs> you to choke me, I trust you to treat me. <laughs> but no, no, no. It, it's really cool because. Uh, it's not a matter of if I get injured, but when I get injured, because right. it's going to happen. I can go to him and I don't have to spend the next 30 minutes trying to explain what happened to my shoulder. I can literally yeah. say, yes, in America, yeah. I didn't tap soon enough. He knows exactly what's wrong. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really cool. I'll never forget. One time was training, freak accident. My big toe was sticking out to the side. I sent him a picture up and said, look, I can get you in the office tomorrow, but you really need to see a foot specialist. And he gave me the number of a foot specialist. You know, he's like, call. I'm going to let them know you're calling. Call Dr. Anthony Giordano. So I call uh, next day that morning. They say, yep, come straight on in. We're waiting on you. I get there. I'm sitting in the office. The door opens up. Guy walks in. I'm like, Tony. Now, I know Tony G. I didn't know Anthony Giordano. Another jujitsu buddy. <laughs> but turns out he's a foot surgeon and foot and ankle uh, surgeon. It's just uh, uh, my dentist. Yeah, he's an Aikido guy. Uh, it, it's funny because, yeah, not all That's of the doctors treat me uh, are in the martial arts. It, it has a, the right. ability to consume your whole life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I've I've been I fell down that rabbit hole with you know clothing jewelry <laughs> any anything that is jujitsu related I'm I'm trying my best not to buy but I'm I'm losing this battle sl- uh, slowly but surely this is the funniest thing in the world so uh, again when you came to my gym new white belt boom and this happens to everybody it really starts happening it happens a little bit in blue but by the t- if you get to purple. Man, you will own everything purple. <laughs> purple keychains, purple belts, purple, you name it, a phone cover. It's purple. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget, I had a water bottle. And actually, I still have this water bottle. Uh, I put a, bought some white electrical tape and uh, I literally made put belts on my water bottle. 
Uh, when I got promoted, <laughs> so did my water bottle. But it literally, it becomes, you know, it's, it becomes that big. It's really, and it's all good feelings. It's not like, oh, I, yeah. I got this new cult I just joined. Now, there are schools out there that are a cult, but that's a whole nother conversation. There's a whole nother conversation right there. Uh, but you know, uh, and, and just good fun. Now, I, I, I'm going to tell you a secret, and because this is a podcast, I'm telling the world. Okay, but I'm prom- as long as you and the world promises not to tell nobody, we good. Oh, secret safe with us. All right. When I first started jujitsu, do you know my goal? My goal was to stick with this long enough to make it to purple belt. Okay. Because during that time. It was hard finding black belts. You can, you know, mo- most of the school owners around, especially in Michigan at that time, you had, you know, a lot of them was purple and brown belts. So when I first started, man, a purple belt was like a ninja. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like they're wizards. So this is uh, incredible. And that was that purple belt. So I said, you know what? I want to stick with this long enough to get the purple belt. So right. kept training, kept training, kept training, made it to blue belt. I'm like, okay, yeah. All right. I keep this going. I can get the purple. Got that first stripe, second stripe, third stripe. To that fourth stripe, it was like, wow, it's almost here. Then the purple belt came. I said, you know what? I think I can go a little bit further. I can stick out till brown. <laughs> yeah, I can hold out. By the time I got, you know, that third stripe on my purple belt, I was teaching then. Uh, it was it was going amazing, and it was funny. It was literally, I was a four stripe purple belt when the gym I was teaching at closed, and it was almost time for me to get ready and test for my brown belt. And I opened up a gym, and literally, it was less than a month later I was testing for my brown belt. So when I started H two O, you know, I was a brown belt, and right. Uh, yeah, you know, and still learning the business, you know, uh, I understood business. I have businesses, have been running businesses, but running a martial arts school is different than running any other business. There's two different paths that you can take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm going uh, do. Okay. There's the easy way. Then there's the right way. The easy way. Okay. If uh, you be a McDojo, basically just giving away rank, uh, participation trophies, if you will. Uh, now, you will have no integrity, but man, people will come to your gym. They will come because they're getting quick rank. Or you can do it the right way. With integrity and actually rank... Uh, you don't obtain rank based upon time. For example, mm-hmm. I got guys that have made it to blue belt in just over a year. I got guys yeah. that has been a few years and they haven't made it to blue belt. Again, it's all merit based. It's all mm-hmm. about what you put into it. If you're able to retain it, get in, get the reps in, put in the work, you know, uh, 
I'll never forget in basketball, there was a saying talk about ball don't lie. Well, guess what? In jujitsu, mats don't lie. Mats do not lie. Either. Mats do not lie. Uh, look. Uh, that belt covers two inches of your ass. You got to cover the rest of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I'll give you a, a perfect example. My black belt has absolutely no power. My jujitsu didn't get any better just putting that belt on. Do you know what right. makes it get better? Mat time. Actually Matt putting time. in the work. Understand. And this is where a lot of people miss it. I spend even more time studying jujitsu off the mat than I'm, and I'm on the mat a lot than I spend on the mat. I go home, you know, for, yeah. for a long time. And uh, this is something that I did record my roles. I mean, I tell my people all the time, record class. I'm not one of those instructors. That's funny about you recording class. I would rather you record it. Go home, study it, come back with meaningful questions. Yeah. Then uh, not record it, come back and don't remember anything from the last class. Go home, study this stuff, review it, take notes, record your roles. I am my own biggest critic. Mm-hmm. Man, when I even still to this day, I'm a first degree black belt. I will watch a role and it could have been a successful role. But I will just start noticing dozens of things that I did wrong. Even if my yeah. opponent didn't catch him, I caught him. Yep. I noticed those holes that I need to fix. Man, you got to be your own mm -hmm. biggest critic if you actually want to improve at this. Yeah. Because when, um, when you sent me the video that you have for my brown belt test, and I was watching the, the uh, role with me and Matt, and also the one with me and Brian and yeah, I've, I've survived. I've done, I've did pretty good, but it was like, there were so many port, uh, like points in it. I was like, Oh my God, you should have did this. Why are you doing this? Like, dude, <laughs> you, you know, better, like, you know, better, like, don't do that. So yeah, I, I've definitely picked myself apart a lot when it comes to my roles. Mm. Now it's funny. You brought a Brown belt test. Let me tell you about my Brown belt test. So, uh, well, let's let's go back uh, a couple months before my brown belt test. I'm out in Cali at um, Aware Headquarters, which was Tomaselli Academy. And, you know, I mean, I'm putting in crazy hours with Master Joe. Uh, I'm literally hitting up every class I can. I'm just being a sponge trying to soak all of this stuff up. So mm -hmm. at my brown belt. So before my brown belt test, I go to this no gi class. When class is over, they're like, okay, let's roll. You know, so I met this guy named Chris. So we uh, we start rolling and he starts just pulling out these crazy submissions like out of thin air. I'm like, okay, what is this? So I said, all right, I know. I'm going to hit him with my judo, get the takedown. And literally every judo throw I went for, everything I went for, he shut down. The next day, I mean, I man, I left the gym feeling horrible. Like, man, my jujitsu is trash. <laughs> I need to quit. So uh, it was a promotion seminar, promotion ceremony, and seminar the following day. I get there. So uh, the guy Chris, you know, he walks in. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what's up? What's up? 
you know, I, I'm feeling my feelings <laughs> a little bit. So he goes and gets dressed. No, uh, you know, puts his gear on and he pulls this black belt out of his bag. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> it was a no-gi class. You don't know what rank you're walking into. Uh, right. So he pulls a black belt out of his bag. So I went over. I, I felt a little relieved. I'm like, okay. It's not like, you know, I just got smoked by some random dude, a blue belt. He's a black belt. Okay. He was supposed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But, but so we're sitting there laughing. I said, man, uh, even worse, uh, none of my judo worked on you. Everybody bust out laughing. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Uh, well, Chris is the judo instructor at headquarters. So, oh my. yeah, he's a double black belt. He's a black belt <laughs> judo, black belt jiu-jitsu, was getting his first degree. I'm like, okay. That means I literally, I had as much chance as the Titanic did. None. Okay, God. it was, it went all bad. So now forward, it's a couple months going into my brown belt test. And one of the people, you know, uh, that uh, the Ukis and my uh, that I had to fight against in the black belt test was uh, my brown belt test rather was Chris. So I knew exactly what I was getting into. I made sure my judo game was on point. And man, we went during these roles and matches. We were going for it, uh, you know, and I mean, I mean, we were literally going the distance. But during the striking section, it was funny because I actually lost a tooth during my brown belt test. Right. You know, I, I, uh, to the point I still have that tooth that got knocked out in my brown belt test as a souvenir. So the tooth gets knocked out. Uh, uh, Master Joe was like, oh, you need to stop. I'm like, for what? No, let's go. You know, if we got to turn up, <laughs> I, I got to get him now. So. Right. Uh, if Chris Pizzo is listening to this, I always mess with him and joke with him about it. He's a great guy, great friend. But I'm still gonna talk trash because yeah, you 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 knocked out one of my teeth, bro. But you still my brother though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. The only sport uh, you know you can try to kill each other and still be best friends. Yeah, Master Joe said a minute. I want to see blood on the mat. Yeah, uh, we we do that. <laughs> so um speaking of which uh master joe moira i did have the pleasure of meeting him a couple times um and i had another uh joe moira black belt on here a few episodes ago louis uh so said his awesome guy oh louis is amazing amazing so i mean i i know but like how long did it take you to learn how to speak joe uh for me it was it was just like immersion you know again i loved i loved it so much uh even now see you guys have it much better and easier than i did yeah uh, well uh, let allow me to explain because mm-hmm. you know in my in my thirst for knowledge i had bought all i had bought all of master joe's books i even found his DVD set. Uh, now, let me tell you the, uh, the 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 deal on this DVD set. It's out of print. It was with Panther uh, Panther uh, Productions, a promotion, something like that. But and it was originally on VHS. Then it was released on DVD. But you know, he was when he did this. He was much younger. 
and his accent was even thicker. So in listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but after listening to it, I mean, I would just have to really listen, listen. So then once I had the opportunity of meeting Master Joe and start doing privates with him, you know, I shut up, pay attention and... You know, now I can understand everything he says, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh, huh, yeah. It, uh, it, you know, it helped uh, because I literally was immersed in it. So at that point, it's sink or swim. Either you're going to learn to understand what he's saying or you're going to waste your money and your time. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he man. And after that, uh, you know, it, it, it took a minute, though. You know, I'm not going to like, oh, man, you know, I had it in the first day. No, but after really listening and understanding just uh, how some letters are pronounced different. And the biggest mm -hmm. one you always talk about is R. Huh. Because in Portuguese, it makes an H sound. Right. So when you understand that and start understanding other thing you know just other little bits and pieces of the language and because yeah it'll be it'll be english with some portuguese mixed in but it's amazing because yeah. here's someone who taught themselves english mm -hmm. coming here not knowing it and learning it so i mean like even now yeah you know i don't i'll tell you i look since ain't nobody else listening but you you and the rest of the world <laughs> mm. uh, man, not between Rosetta Stone, Babel. Uh, if you you really want to learn, there there's some there's outlets out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Master Joe, man, I, I love him to death, all the way to the part where I will be teaching, and I will describe parts of the body the same way he does but i've just spent so so many hours and uh you know i mean thousands of hours training with this guy that i mean it's just a part of me yeah uh, and you know it, it, to the point where literally uh if i say this part of the leg everybody at the gym immediately knows what it is <laughs> uh but so it's kind of cool because then when he comes, most people at the gym, they're just able to just flow with it. And they, they have it. Yeah. They have it. Yeah. They definitely have it. Uh. And anyone who who has a Brazilian instructor or who trained under, you know, Master Joe Moura, everyone knows what we're talking about when we say potch or helbo or yes. all these other crazy little, <laughs> you know, words that he uses. But... Uh. But we, yeah, like you said, we understand him clearly because, yeah, we joke about it because we, you know, I imitate it too. But yeah, when he gets there and you, you hear him talk, it's like everything sounds so crystal clear. And and I'm not even, you know, it, I'm I, to the point, it's not even a, a joke. I'm sorry. It, that's what it's right. That's just what it's called. Uh, that's just I, what it's called. I, it's a it's a it's a hellbo. Right. Out of respect, that is, I have had it wrong. That is what it is called. <laughs> you know, I mean, like talking to Grandmaster, talking, man, it's uh, now it, it's one of those things. You cannot fall in love with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu 
and not get used to, you know, uh, that Brazilian accent. It's it goes right along with it. All it's so deep. Now, if uh, I, I can't wait to take a lot of you guys out to the annual in Cali because Master Joe does something that's just amazing. In addition to we'll do a three day seminar or two or three day seminar, a tournament promotion, but the barbecue. Yeah, I've I've heard stories. Oh, I heard my. so many stories about this barbecue. My to the point. Uh I will make some rice and beans. And, I mean, literally, I would do it now at home. It's just it's a part of my diet. You know, you always hear people talking about, yeah, you know, just get some acai and make make your jiu-jitsu better, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, I feel the same way about rice and beans and sausage and steak and all. I mean I just I I absolutely love everything about it. Right. Yeah. And like I said, I've met some incredible people along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I just literally love it. And here's what I love most. And I'll tell on myself, you know, and listening even to some of the episodes of the podcast, man, y'all had me had tears in my eyes just to look at the growth and think about when you started and when Brian started and Ray. Man. To see where you are now and just think where you'll be. 10 years from now, you know, I, I quote Chris Harder a lot because he's had a huge impression on me from being at his seminars. Right. I, when I'm in Cali, uh, I have to go to the garage. I mean, I have to go to his gym. It's one of the places he's, he's amazing. And I can just listen to it, not only about jujitsu, but the history. He's one of the dirty dozen. The first mm -hmm. 12 American black belts. And you're talking about folks that have been around since it hit this country. When you start talking about Master Joe and Grandmaster, you're talking about all the way back to the inception of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's amazing. Man. Right. Uh, the history. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, it's... No, go ahead. Yeah, but you know, you guys definitely uh y'all had me uh, you know, in my feelings and I'll I'll say this to you and the world. I, I don't like listening to your podcast. <laughs> I, I told you that hey, the reason I don't like listening to it is because it makes me want to go do it. And when I'm I'm telling you, man. <laughs> when I'm a job, when I'm doing something else. Listen to that makes me want to go get on the mat, and when I can, it's just frustrating. Huh. So, it's every single time, man. Uh, every single time. Yeah, it, this is a love hate. Right now, just talking about it, I wish we could be doing this interview on the mat. <laughs> uh, uh, that's like being hungry and having a conversation about food. I, I know, right? It's because we are glutton for punishment, man. It's yes. like we we talk about jujitsu because we love it so much. We love it so much because we do it so much. So it's just a vicious cycle. I don't care. Even even when we at work, we talk about jujitsu. Like let's let's go let's go roll a couple. Now <laughs> let's go roll. Let's get a couple rolls in real quick. I'm going to ask you this question. I don't know the answer, but I'm going I'm going to interview you real quick. Okay. Okay. So. Have you been talking to a friend about jujitsu 
and they had a question and you just said, you know what, come here and get down on the floor in the living room, the lawn <laughs> or wherever you are in your street clothes, just to show them what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has that happened to you yet? <laughs> Besides what you know. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, again, it, it's, uh, I mean, like, you know, here, here, come here, let me show you. I, be, I but I be wanting to do that so much, but I talk to people who like non who don't who don't do jujitsu, and I'm trying to explain something to them, or they'll ask me a question. I'll be like, uh, I just <sighs> all right, come on, man, in my guard, let's go, let's start <laughs> at work on the floor, like come on, in my guard, let's 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 break this down real quick, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's hilarious, but that's you know, again, uh, that's that's when you know you're hooked. Man, and I tell people all the time, I'm one of them crazy guys that you could call at one in the morning and be like, "Man, I want to train." Like, man, you know it's one in the morning. You got to give me at least thirty minutes until I get to the gym, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, because I was like, I'm, I've always been like that. We've talked about that so many times. Just be like, just want to train all day. Even after my brown belt test, and I got home, I was like. Dang, there ain't no class in the morning. <laughs> I really want to go back to the gym right now. <laughs> so let's get, you just went through hours upon hours of uh, of torture for your brown belt and ready to do it again. And ready to do it again. Yeah. I was so ready. Like, man, I wish we had a morning class. I wish we had a morning class. You know, uh, and and here's what happens in jiu-jitsu. You first start jiu-jitsu, you're a white belt. And you are completely lost. Yep. Uh, you know, you're lost. You don't understand it. But if you stick with it, eventually some things will start to click. They'll start to come together. You'll start understanding it. You'll start liking jujitsu. You'll be fascinated. You make it the yep. blue belt. And this is where everything starts going crazy. At blue belt, Everyone faces this choice. You're either going to be, yes, I like jujitsu. No, I don't like jujitsu. And those people will quit. Even some of those that like jujitsu will still quit. But you have some that fall in love with jujitsu. Yes. Those are the ones that are going to come back. And keep coming back no matter how bad they get beat, they keep coming back. Jujitsu is humbling. Very. Uh, very. The tightest choke I have ever felt was from a 130 pound woman. And here I am, 6'5, 280, 120 pound woman, 130 pound woman. I'm not, not, it didn't matter that she was a world champion. Didn't matter that, I mean, she is incredible. But that does something to your ego. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand this. People that are 100% ego will not make it in jiu-jitsu because it is so humbling. Their ego cannot handle when someone much smaller than them, weaker than them, is able to just manhandle them. Right. It's very humbling. And a lot of people don't get it. 
But when you tap or you submit, it's actually a very emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Because look, here's what you're saying. I give up because what you're doing is either going to injure me or kill me. Right. If you don't stop, you're either going to break something or you're going to kill me. You're going to uh, literally strangle me. It's an emotional thing. So, you know, I don't blame people who say this is not for me. There's a lot of things that you have to get over to stick with and succeed in jujitsu. One is the humbling, you know, being able to get pride. I tell people, man, leave ego at the door. Do not bring it into them. Mm -hmm. It will only ego gets people hurt. Uh, ego will keep you from tapping when you know you need to tap. Yep. That's ego. I see people, I've seen people, they get submitted and now they want to, they want to fight. And I really want to say, Oh, you want to have a street fight. You sure you want to fight them? They just pretty much posterize you. I mean, you really want to fight them? <laughs> you really want to do that? No. You know, again, the ego. Then, look, we're, we're all adults here. There are some gross things that can happen in jujitsu. Yeah. Um, look, somebody's sweat is going to get on, on your body. Somebody's sweat is going to get in your mouth. Somebody's mucus yep. may get on you. They see will touch your face. Uh, and pretty much somebody is going to pass gas. And it's going to happen to you, too. You're going to getting folded into position, smash, pressure. All of that's going to happen. You, mm -hmm. You're going to see some blood on the mat. You're going to get busted lips. Uh, you'll eventually get a black eye, bruised ribs. You, for a while, it was funny. I think... Around about the time when I was, you know, white belt, blue belt, uh, I used to take pictures of all of my injuries, all of my new bruises. But it, it's it's a part of it. You have to get past a lot of, you know, awkward moments. If mm -hmm. if you don't believe me, wait until somebody has you in north south. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, again, uh, we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about uh, your significant other, your partner. No, we're talking about uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what 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 are you gonna do uh, when you're trapped up under some guy in north south? Oh, yeah, man. it's gonna happen. Some people it's gonna happen. Some people aren't gonna smell good. Some things you're gonna have to just deal with. You know, mm -hmm. but if you're just mature enough and be a thought about it to get past all of the hangups, I tell people this all the time. In jujitsu, there is nothing sexual about what we do. I don't care who she is. At that moment, they just another dude on the mat trying to kill me. <laughs> exactly. Huh. Again, huh. I've been on the mat with Mackenzie Dern. And at that moment, guess what? She's just another person on the another, mat trying to kill me. Another person on the mat trying to kill you. Huh. And and quite capable of doing it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> No no doubt about that. Uh, you know, so again, it's there's a lot of things that you have to get over. And really it's just getting over yourself. Yeah.
you know definitely if you can get over your own hang-ups and all of that then you can do that i'm one of those crazy people i actually proposed to my wife on the mats we got mm -hmm. married on the mats in geese you know uh after her first jujitsu injury she said this is not for her <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything but respect that because uh -huh. again do you know how many times I've had to uh, face the same question myself yeah is this worth it is it worth it yeah I think it is but uh, <laughs> uh I was like, I'll get back to the answer after, after I leave class I'll think about it <laughs> think about it but it's just something it just keeps it just keeps pulling you back, you know? Definitely. Definitely, definitely. So you we kinda of talked about it a little bit um a few minutes ago about like um like you you like the I guess your your position in jujitsu as a white belt, blue belt, and so on and so forth. And you being, you know, trained as long as you have and being an instructor, like what is it? what do you think it is about that blue belt itis or that blue belt um i forgot well you know when people quit at blue belt like what do you what do you think that's like about again uh a lot of it that's when they start realizing do they love it are do they love it like it or not like it mm -hmm. you know uh for a lot of people some of them are still struggling with the the humbling of jujitsu the ego the you know the time commitment and even with that time commitment yeah there it, it's a huge sacrifice to uh to train two three times a week let alone if you wanted to to be, be able to put that time in that's time that you're away from your family mm -hmm. people life happens you know uh I've had people leave and come back to training. I've had I've had people leave to go to other gyms and uh, a lot of them find their way right back to H2O. It, it I have that open, yeah. I have an open door policy. I'm never one of those folks who's going to be like, "Well, if you leave, you can't come back." Listen. Y'all are grown. Y'all can go where you want, do what you want. The same reason I don't make people sign contracts. It's month to month. Why? Because life happens. Right. Yeah. Something's going on. You got a class. You got family issues. It could just be money. You can take that time off. Step away from it. I'm not offended. I, I realize life happens. And I, I've told you this. I've told, I tell all of my students this. Look, if it's your wedding anniversary, I don't want to see you at jujitsu. Nope. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, again, family first. You know, right, uh, right. If you got kids, look, spend that time with them. Jiu-Jitsu will still be here. Your kids are only going to be kids for a short amount of time. Spend that time with them. Inve make that investment. Invest yeah. in your marriage. So, you know, life happens. And some people, again, they got blue belt. That was enough accomplishment for them. They after they they wanted to get to the next belt. They got it. That was their goal. If their goal is the blue belt, once you've achieved that goal, now what? 
and a lot of them step away from it. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Somebody that leaves at blue belt is still better than some uh, better at defending themselves than somebody just sitting on their sofa. That is true. Yeah, that is definitely true. And the other thing, definitely true. This is the other thing that happens. I got my blue belt. Okay, I could take my foot off the gas a little bit, and I ain't got to be there at every class. But jujitsu ages quickly when you off the mat. Very quickly. Huh. Be like, you know what? I'm going to take this month off. Then you get back, and the people that was up under you that uh, you used to walk through easy, now they're giving you trouble or walking through you. Yeah. Right. It's a... There's a lot that can go on that causes people to step away from it. But pretty much, if you get, if you make it to Purple Belt, you have already figured out the formula. If you just keep showing up and doing the same things you did to get to Purple Belt, you'll make it all the way to Black Belt. Chris Harder says it best. It's not about who's good. It's about who's left. It's all about who's left. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm I don't I don't see myself going anywhere. And and you know what? And I can tell you this, yep, you're like me. You're a lifer. And what I really get excited about is uh I can pretty much uh tell you something about you that you may or may not know. Eventually you will be a school owner. You will be a head instructor. I mean, again, it's in you. So as you know, I'm not one of those people that get start acting funny and don't want people to advance or don't want them to grow. I've I've had conversations with other black belts and they're like, no, we you know, we 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 slow walk people because we don't want them if they get to a black belt, they gonna leave and go start their own stuff, then they become our competition. So we're gonna slow them down to keep them here and keep them paying tuition here no i'm of the mindset look if you say you're ready to do it i'm going to do everything in my power to help make it happen right huh like okay what gear you need okay we got this extra equipment uh we can uh help you find a place uh i mean once i see that in you i'm going to start preparing you uh, to be an instructor, to be a teacher, to be a uh, to be able to run the business because it's really hard, like I said, to keep a martial arts school in the black unless you want to be a McDojo. But mm -hmm. no, I'm sorry. I'm not. I got too much integrity to do that. I would rather do it the right way. You know, there's a lot of things about our yeah. school that some people uh, they just find amazing. For example, since, since since you've been doing this, how many seminars at H2O have you ever had to pay for? None. <laughs> huh. And I mean, I'm talking about with eighth degree, uh, with a ninth degree. Well, my students don't pay for seminars at my school. Why? Well, one, y'all didn't ask me to bring them in. I'm bringing them in because I want you to learn from them. So mm -hmm. being the businessman that I am, I budget uh, out of the normal tuition to be able to uh, to be able to offer 
you guys the opportunity to train with these people. Yeah. So as long as you're in good standing at age 2 when I bring Master Joe, Grandmaster, who I'm not asking you, oh, yeah, this seminar is, you need to pay for this. This is a $150 seminar, $100 seminar. No, I budget for it. I put up so much money out of tuition to be able to take care of that seminar. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that doesn't even, that doesn't sit well with even the, a lot of the other local jiu-jitsu community. Because they feel like I'm making them look bad Mm. because they are taxing them, their students for every little thing that goes on, everything they do. Their students got to come out of pocket. You know, Mm. I'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to make you have to do a private to learn jujitsu. If you show up in class, you will not privates will help advance you quicker because right. it's more specialized for you. But again, I want to give you, I need to get all of the jujitsu that I have in my head and in my heart out of there. The only way I can get it out of there is by giving it to you guys. Right. Uh, that's the only way I can get it out and, uh, and it not die. So in building oh, yeah. legacy, it's not about, oh, how many trophies can I win? No, I'm not looking at building a trophy cabinet. I'm looking at building lives, building people. When I see the kids growing, uh, the confidence, able to defend themselves, take care of themselves. Man. It's like it's watching awesome. a flower that you planted just grow, man. It's amazing. And that's not it just the amazing. kids. That's the adults, too. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, it was funny, and I, I'm going to talk about this real quick. Was watching you roll the other day, and you was rolling with one of our newer white belts, and I mean, he's game. He's going to come. He's going to expend an insane amount of energy. He's very agile. He's strong, good balance, and he's going to try to hawk and make stuff happen. Yep. And watching you roll with him, he was just so patient and you just kept taking his back and choking him repeatedly. <laughs> and he was grunting and everything else. Huh. And just watching you do that with so much ease, I mean, you barely broke a sweat. He was drenched. And, and, <laughs> he was dead. And we're talking about, I think he's like 18, 19. He uh-huh. is a physical specimen. Yes, but uh, you were just able to just deal with him, and it was like, and I was just sitting there, kind of smiling, like because if Lamar was that kind of guy, he could really hurt him right now. But you wouldn't. You was just so gentle with him, and just it looked like like he was dealing with a toddler, with a rambunctious <laughs> toddler, and it was just so beautiful to watch because that's what jujitsu is now let me tell you guys a, a secret since it's just you and the rest of the world listening that toddler is how i feel when i roll with master joe <laughs> 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 huh, huh. yes i become that toddler huh. and it's like man he said i i too become that toddler <laughs> yeah. huh. you know again they, they say you got to have three different 
uh, types of people if you want to grow in jujitsu. You need your, uh-huh. your tough competitive roles. You need somebody that's going to whoop you, that's going to expose the holes in your game. And then, excuse the language, but you need somebody that you can make your bitch. Where all of your technique that you're not that sure of, you're able to work it on them and perfect Mm -hmm. it. And again, we all, uh, even still to this day, we all still fall into all three of those categories. There's those I have competitive roles with. There's those that I can steamroll. And then there's those who just whoop me. Right. And honestly, those are the roles that I like the best. Yeah, that's the ones you you, you know you grow and learn from. Yeah. Uh I look uh it's so funny. I there was talk about, you know, keep work grinding until your idols become your rivals. Uh some of my uh my best friends are guys that just used to whoop me. And now those are the mm-hmm. ones that I have competitive roles with. Mm-hmm. And then there's guys that's just on a whole nother level. Those are the ones that I search out. What lo- man, I, I heard you ask the question before talk about who will be your favorite roles. Yeah. Man, of course, Gordon Ryan, Marcelo Garcia, uh, even Roy Harris, because I've just grew, I mean, grew in this thing, just watching them, looking at them. You know, man. Uh, the boogeyman. I mean, it's just so many of them. It's like, yeah. man, those are the people that uh, I would love to roll with, not because, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat them. No, but because I know they're going to expose every imaginable hole in my game. And it keeps yep. me working to fix those holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it, I mean, it is funny like um even myself like i was thinking about like oh who would i like to roll with you know who would that person be but you know just like what you know when i asked brian that same question it's like man it's it's so many to name it's so many to name is and the, the further you go into your like your journey that list is just going to continue to grow yeah because you're going to see somebody's like oh i want to see what that's like or Ah, I probably could do something with that. So, yeah, I I don't think I can necessarily name off a few, but yeah, I know that list for sure is just steady, steady growing. Mm. Yeah, you know, again, man, it huh, the Josh Barnetts of the world, man, right? Huh. And it's a lot of them. Yeah, and see, I was always one of those kind of quirky guys that if we're rolling. And you do something to me that like really hurts or just really just nasty. My first thing, as soon as that roll is over, is, hey man, show me that. Do that again. Do that again. Wait, how'd you do that? Hmm. Yeah. Like man, uh, it's so funny. Uh, regular head and arm choke. Boom. The impaler. And I, I instantly know you know what the impaler is because I teach it. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I've seen the end felt uh, Well, Big Derek did that to me when I was a white belt. It was like, oh, oh God. Wow, that is horrible. You know, go into the head and arm choke and slip that knee up right on uh, uh, the lower ribs and stomach and just drive it in while doing the head and arm choke. Oh, it's brutal. 
Yeah. He did that to me. Uh, and everybody's like, no, I don't want to see that. I'm like, wait, wait, do that one more time. Wait, how'd you do that? Here. I need to see somebody else so I can make sure I got the position right. <laughs> yeah. The more it hurts, the more it was like, man, I need to learn that. Mm-hmm. The more helpless I felt when it was done to me, the more it motivated me to want to learn it. Yeah. That's like, um, oh, I think that was during Chris Hodder's, uh seminar when we, when we was at Fresh's Gym. And we were talking about neon belly, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, fresh is good for." He was like, "Fresh is good for that," and I'm like, "Oh yeah," and he was like, "Oh, you haven't felt fresh as neon belly?" I was like, "No," and this sadistic smile you had, I was like, "Hold on, one second. <laughs> Do you know why so fresh comes? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So fresh comes. So fresh comes over, and Zach looks at him. Was like, "Oh, Lamar never felt your neon belly." And the sadistic smile that came on Fresh's face. <laughs> and I'm looking like, oh, shit. So he goes straight neon belly. And it was by far the worst pain I ever felt. But I was like, yeah, you got to do that one more time. But <laughs> yeah, it's neon soul, man. It is. It is definitely neon soul. But now that you know how to do it, uh, you, you, you kind of, you want to do it, but then you feel bad for doing it. Right. Huh. The yeah. reason that you had never quite felt it is because I feel guilty doing that to y'all. Uh, <laughs> now, I could tell on myself, but now that I got you guys, I'll let you guys show that. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll demo it, boom, with you or uh, with Brian, with Coleman. But then when I'm like, okay, I need y'all to feel it. They're going to show you so you can feel it. Because if I do it, I'm just being a bully. I'm the head instructor. I'm the black belt. I'm the, you know, if I do it to them, they'll get mad at me and not want to come back. Right. But you can do it to them and it's fair game. <laughs> uh, those are those teachable mm. moments. Uh, I, now, at the same time, when somebody new comes to school, they come in with the ego and uh, this I adopted from fresh. I call it freshing them. You have to set the order quickly. Mm-hmm. Their very first role. Uh, now, if they're coming in, they're super timid. No, it's go- it's going to go, you know, like, but when they come in headstrong, ego strong, they're going to get humbled that first role. Oh, yeah. It is not going to be a easy. I'm just going to let them work. I'm going to thrash them. Uh, then once they realize uh, there's a reason that uh, I'm the instructor that you should listen to me, then we can go easy. Uh, <laughs> right. But it's just literally setting, you know, in mind. Of, yeah. Don't, don't think that uh, because you're strong or you can bench press 300 pounds that you're going to come in here and run over everybody. Not the case. Yeah. Not the case at all. <laughs> you know, but uh it again, it really calms people down. Now, uh I, I somebody I know they're gonna be doing a podcast, and I'm gonna tell this story about uh this guy because me and him started jujitsu about the same time. 
he was my uh first tournament i did he was my opponent and he beat me with an americana but now he's my student all of these years later uh you know here it is over a decade later he's my student and all of that but when he first came to the gym he had been an mma fighter for a while and he was like a bull in the china shop oh yeah uh, so i mean he i mean ripping people's clothes bull in the china shop it was Corbin said come on you'll roll with me so our first roll that day lasted about 10 15 seconds <laughs> uh i set my grip i did a uh it's a combination of drop sale baseball choke Boom. And it was brutal. Uh, right from the start. So uh, his ego kicked in. He pulled his gee top off, threw it to the side and said, no, you ain't going to choke me with my gee no more. So I said, all right, you're right. So uh, we started again. I said, don't worry, I'll keep my gee top on. You can take yours off. So I took him down, went to side control. I said, don't worry, I'll choke you with my gee this time. So I threaded my gee, did a ninja roll choke. It was super brutal. <laughs> <laughs> that one lasted about about 30 seconds he got up went to the bathroom puked all over the place left didn't come back for like three months but when he came back boy was he humble humble and uh and he's been there ever since i mean uh mma fighter we uh then turned you know his record was upside down we done turned it around uh He's, uh, I mean, getting into tournaments, taking gold. He's he's doing his thing now. But again, yeah. uh, if if he would have just came in and we had a good, hard, competitive role, he wouldn't have stayed because he'd be like, "No, we're on the same level. I don't need this." But I let him. Mm -hmm. I let him see that he needed it. And uh, and now he's there. His son is there, and you know, and the rest is history. It's. And the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you got any announcements, if you got anything else you want to add, you know, I'm gonna say promote the school, but they've been hearing about H2O <laughs> since uh, <laughs> since day one. So, but yeah, the floor is still yours. Uh, uh I just want to say this, uh, man. I am super proud of of you at what you're doing at your growth. Uh, keep doing it. Uh. Man, I, I see you teaching guys privates and doing all of that. Keep it up. Again, you got my support 100%. Anything you need, you know you're my brother. You know I got you, man. Uh, huh. I mean, daughter's training. Your wife is yes. training. Uh, yes. Uh, it's a family thing. Keep keep it going, man. Just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Look, you made it to Brown Belt. Uh. You know, Chris Harder says, and I'm not going to say it exactly the way he says it, but you'd have to trip over yourself to not get the black belt at this point. Uh, <laughs> and people who know would know. <laughs> if, if, if you know Professor Harder, then you know. <laughs> but, then you know. Yeah. Then you know. Uh, you know. Well, yeah. But again, uh, just keep it up, man. And uh, Because here's the thing. This is what a lot of people don't understand. You don't uh, get a black belt. You become a black belt. Mm -hmm. Black belt is not something that you get. It's something you become. And I'm just enjoying watching, you know, you've become a brown belt. Uh, 
even if you don't realize it yet, you know, it normally takes six months to a year before you really feel like, oh, okay. But man, just keep doing it. And uh and pretty soon that's gonna be changing again. And we're gonna keep on celebrating and doing what we do. You know, uh if nobody else tells you to thank you, uh man, you teach classes, you teach the kids class, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Man, I appreciate that, man. You know, it, it's it all comes from you. Uh, you know, you definitely been a big a big support in my life, man. From you know, personal and on the on the mats, man. I owe, I owe a, a whole lot to you. And you know, you me and you was talking about the episodes with Brian and Ray, but that's an everyday thing for us, man. We we mm-hmm. definitely definitely um appreciate you um you know taking out all the time that you have sacrificing yourself for us um with training and everything man and yeah man we wouldn't be here without you you know what i think we're gonna have to do though man we're gonna have to sit down and get uh get a group podcast what a group oh yeah for sure yeah for sure i even know i even know a place we can do it (laughs) i (laughs) i bet (laughs) (laughs) look we put on nice up these special comfy pajamas and it's a padded room <laughs> yeah we we definitely going to work on getting one yeah Def- uh so well yeah uh but that's the end of today's episode i would like to thank my instructor and my guest again zachary for coming on and sharing his experience and tales with us i hope you guys enjoyed it and took some from the episode please go and follow our facebook and instagram page to stay up to date on all future episodes this has been talk your jits podcast keep rolling keep grinding and remember long live jujitsu have a great day